Hello everyone, welcome to Timeless Voyager, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the Voyager. I am your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes. Today's guest is Dr. Leview. Today we're going to learn about a health technology that many of you have probably never heard of. It's a scalar device which can provide three different methods of transmitting healing scalar waves, pure scalar, molecular scalar, and Rife scalar. We'll also talk about the inventor, Royal Raymond Rife. Now you do not need to have a doctorate or a master's degree to understand what we're going to talk about today. There's a lot of different terms. Uh, this device has a system that can transfer precise healing frequencies, including remote contact plasma, EEMF, which I hope we learn about, cold laser and ultrasonic. It is the most powerful and reliable Rife system in the world. So let me introduce you to Dr. Leview. Welcome to Timeless Voyager. Thank you very much for inviting me here. I'm happy to be in the studio. And today I will be talking about uh, the scalar device. This is a presentation that I've made for the manufacturer of the device, which I'm not affiliated with. I only acted as their speaker. That's good to say. And I will tell you a few things about myself first. Then we'll go through the history and generation of the scalar energy. After that, we'll uh, go briefly through the setup and tuning of, of the device. We'll see how to make it work. Um, after that, we'll see what the three scalar modes are that were mentioned. Uh, we'll talk a bit about an add-on called scalar harmony. Then we'll see what imprinting with scalar means and what it is. Um, we'll see a feature of the device which is called biofeedback scan. And then I'll share a bit from my personal experience with the scalar. I was born and raised in Romania where I graduated from medical school. After that, I uh, did a few years of research in cognitive neuroscience in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, where I also defended my PhD thesis. Following that, I specialized in nuclear medicine, and I'm currently working as a medical specialist. I'm based in the UK, but I'm registered in the Netherlands, Romania, as well as the United Kingdom. And apart from that, I took an interest in alternative medicine, over the last few years, I uh, got qualifications in crystal therapy, in Reiki, in angel therapy, in energy medicine, and sound medicine. I was introduced to these devices in January 2023, and I have used them intensively ever since. As a quick disclaimer, everything I'm going to talk talk about today will not be in my quality as a registered physician. I will definitely use my knowledge as such, but um, my approach will be more of that of, the, of a practitioner in alternative medicine. 
let's see how the scalar energy has been discovered. We start with James Clerk Maxwell, who was a Scottish physicist, and he wrote equations describing electromagnetic waves. After that came um, Heinrich Hertz, who was a German physicist, and he proved by experiments in 1888 the existence of electromagnetic waves, which was predicted by Maxwell. And then we have uh, Nikola Tesla, who was a famous inventor and who was in, born in modern-day Croatia. He measured scalar waves and he filed a patent for wireless transmission of energy using scalar waves in the year 1900. Then we have Albert Einstein, the famous German physicist, who wrote equations describing a scalar field in relation with gravitational waves. And more recently, we have Constantin Meyl, who has studied and written more extensively about the scalar waves, and he uses the vortex theory of electric field to explain them. What are scalar waves? As early as the year 1900, when Nikola Tesla filed his patent on the wireless transmission of electricity, he noticed the existence of a longitudinal wave, which was seemingly propagating faster than the speed of light. Now, Constantin Meyer further described these waves. They appear to carry out lossless transmission of energy. They can carry information, and they are not attenuated by solids, including the Faraday cage, which is usually a very good shielding material for electromagnetic waves. These waves have been named scalar waves. And here in this figure we see a depiction of the transversal waves and the longitudinal waves. Now, the transversal waves, such as the radio waves, they have a direction of propagation, and they have what is called the field pointers that oscillate in a plane which is perpendicular to their direction of propagation. As an example, if you have an elastic string and you start wiggling it up and down, you'll yet exactly a trans or an example of the transverse waves where you see the cord going up and down, but you see movement in the cord or in the string, which is perpendicular to that. Now the longitudinal waves, they have their direction of propagation and the oscillation in the same plane. And that can be likened to having a, an elastic string and if you extend that and then you let it go, it will oscillate in the same plane as it's moving. So that's a longitudinal wave. An example of that, apart from the scalar waves, are the sonic or the sound waves. How is the scalar energy generated? Now, this is um, a depiction of a device which I have found in... Constantin Miles' work, and it shows how one can generate scalar waves. Now you have a transmitter and a receiver, which are both ball electrodes. They are connected to coils. Now the transmitter is in a Faraday cage, 
And what it has is it has a couple of light-emitting diodes which make light and the high-frequency current generator that's connected to one of the coils. Now the receiver is almost identical with the difference that it doesn't have a high-frequency generator. And these two, the transmitter and the receiver, are connected to each other by what is called in the original setup an earth connection, which is actually not an earth connection because it's not connected to the earth. And we see that in a minute in the scalar device as calling them a link cable, which is, I think, more accurate. Now, what happens is that when we start the high-frequency generator, then the, both the transmitter and the receiver will start making or emitting Actually, what you see there is uh, the experiments when two jets of fluid of different colors, they come and collide with each other, they're perfectly aligned, and they make a very nice-looking shape. From those, uh, it's created a ring with some vortices on its sides. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about when you look at the, at the film there. Now, why this is important is that because the waves are emitted as in a spherical shape. When they come and they cancel each other out, this will produce the geometry of the scalar field because the geometry is that of a American football or a Zeppelin. That's the shape of the field. And that's explained by the mechanism of generation. So this is the device that makes the scalar field. It's actually two boxes, two black boxes, and you have to face them. They have to face each other. And then when you switch it on, they create this scalar field. Of course, you cannot see the scalar field, but you can test for it. The geometry of the scalar field is, as I said, as a Zeppelin shape. And the largest diameter is in between the boxes, halfway distance, and its width is half of its length. Now, this is a close-up of the two boxes. One is called the transmitter, and one is called the receiver. And they have... They're actually not that complicated. The transmitter has a couple of cables. One is the BNC cable that goes... To the computer. One is the power supply and the third one is the link cable that goes to the other box that you can see on the receiver. That's the only cable on the receiver. Now, what you also have on the transmitter is an on and off switch and an important knob is the tuning knob which is the smaller knob and I'll explain how these devices work in the next slide. Now, on the receiver, there's also a button that can be pressed. This round button is to check if the if a field is present. And basically, after you do the tuning, which I'll go through in a minute, and 
if you press this button, if a scalar field is present, then the light will turn red on it. Now let's go through how you set up and tune the device. <clears throat> the setup is, as I was saying, you place the boxes in the room that you want to have the scalar field. And keep the field geometry in mind. It's wider in the middle. It's zeppelin shaped. And it's good to keep it in mind because you don't want to have too many things within the scalar field. You need to allow at least three meters in between the boxes for good results. It can be made longer. For that, you only need to use a link cable extension. Some people actually even like to set it up to include the whole house. That's possible. Now the tuning. What do you do to, to tune up the device? You switch it on first on the transmitter. Then you turn the small knob counterclockwise until the LED light shows maximum intensity. This is the first peak that you reach, and that's the good one. We'll skip this other information because it's a bit technical. But what I wanted to show you is, and this is important when you work with the device, is that you'll have, if you go from 8, uh, eight megahertz, that's the number that shows on the display when you switch it on. And as you turn the knob counterclockwise, the frequency goes lower. Now, as you go down, you'll see a first point where the light shows maximum intensity. And that's called a scalar tuning point. That's the one you want to use. Now, if you keep going down, first you'll have a dip, and then it will turn bright again and you'll reach a second peak. That's called the EMF tuning point. And um, let's just say that you, you don't want to use that one. This is just a confirmation that the device is working and the, the first peak is the one that you should use, the one with the, highest in, with the higher frequency. Let's talk about the three scalar modes. And that, nice could I interrupt you for a second and ask a couple of questions? Because um, let's, I was trying to put this into context because a lot of people at this point may not know what we're talking about. I'm one of them. Um, so we're talking about a device which is for healing. Is that correct? That's or, correct. Okay. So, um, so where are you? Word, right? So, um, it, I, mean, uh, I mean, it's 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 a device that helps your body get into balance in order to heal itself. That's how I would phrase it, because a device that heals you is a bit misleading. I think. Okay. So, but the I guess what I was going to ask was then. So this explanation you have is kind of like a a scientific backup explaining that this concept of the scalar wave. Now, why is the scalar wave important in this particular uh, context? Because of the way that it works and the properties that I mentioned about the scalar field. The scalar field adds an extra dim dimension to these devices because the, the scalar device is one of the devices that can be used. 
And people also talk about the right devices, and we'll get into that later, I hope. Um, I, would, I would use the term frequency therapy devices. And um, this is a bit of a misnomer for the scalar device because the, the scalar field is not Hertzian. It doesn't oscillate by itself. It's a static field. But you can, there's a way of applying frequencies to it. And no. we'll, Okay. And, and I apologize for interrupting your flow, but what I'm trying to do here is help people along in why they're going while we're going through this minutia. <laughs> As I can't think of any other way to say this. So, um, I've seen the list, and for people who don't know, there's a list. Well, we I, you'll probably be talking about it. If not, I'll, I'll definitely cover it. But there's a list, and in this list are all of the different frequencies that are that apply to particular is the word disease or is disease the correct word to use yes i mean disease is an unbalance of some kind so okay so it's so it's an imbalance and when you produce the frequency using the machine then that Let's quote that. Let's say, is that the magic? That the is that I, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> I, 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 I refer I refer to the uh, to the scalar field as the magic, but you, you can say any of them them are magic. So there's two ways of doing this. Um, there are devices that work with frequency, applying it as an electrical current or applying it through electromagnetic waves. This device uses the scalar field. And uh, there are uh, two or maybe even three ways of using it. Uh, you can use the device with a frequency. You can use the device without a frequency. So when you, when you don't apply a frequency to the scalar field, you just lie in the scalar field and it does its job because it does things by itself, even without applying any frequency to it. And if you want, you can use frequencies with it, and then you have a frequency scalar device, which does, well, does apply the frequency, but then by the medium of the scalar field, which is by itself balancing. So the reason that I interrupted you, and I do apologize for that, but <clears throat> but I did it. So now that's <laughs> that's in the past. So what people are used to, um, and I have to be very careful about how I say this, but what people are used to uh, generally is that if you have a problem, there is a chemical that you can put into your body that supposedly takes care of the problem. Or, or, or may take care of the problem. That's not this, though. This is a little bit different. So instead of having a chemical do the work, so to speak, the different frequencies do the work. Is that the right way to say it? Yes, that would be a good way to say it. Uh, and again, it can be done in so many different ways. Um, 
the the scalar field by itself, the pure scalar, as as I was about to say, there's three ways of operating this device. You can use it as a pure scalar. You switch it on, you tune the machine, and then you sit or lie in the field. It, you just do that. And the, the field works towards balancing the body and even the energy because, believe it or not, it, it works on different levels. The pure scalar field, as I put in this presentation, it brings many health benefits by itself. And that's because the DNA of the cells uses scalar waves for communication. And this communication is helped and enhanced by the scalar field just by being there. So that, I want to underline that. I want people to, I want to underline what you just said, because it's not like this is something otherworldly. This is going on in the biology of the system, isn't it? And if you um, search for the work of Constantin Mile, he's uh, actually already published um, work showing that the scalar field helps with uh, DNA communication, but you can always try it for yourself. Now, let's let me make things clear. These devices are considered still experimental; they are registered as medical devices. But I I think they are not going to be used by mainstream medicine anytime soon because the principle is so different that I don't see how it can be incorporated in and what mainstream medicine is doing right now. Anyway. Um, we're here to talk about the device, and it's it's a new way of doing it. Um, this device has been introduced for not so many years, um, but the rifing itself using frequencies to either destroy pathogens, we're talking about micro microorganisms, viruses, bacteria, parasites, uh, and using frequency to heal or help the body balance different organs and so forth. This dates back 100 years. And that's why uh, people have had 100 years to make a very strong database. Uh, just to give an example, the, the software that comes with the device as a collection of about 40,000 different programs that you can use. That's a huge number. It will take one a lot of time only to go through the programs. And these programs are made, are actually lists of frequencies that are used for different conditions. And this is, uh, I'm jumping to, to the third mode, but... I'm the um, one who interrupted you, so I, I apologize, but... Please continue. I know. I know you're doing. Don't a great worry. Job. I'm, I'm trying to make this as clear as I can, but I'm aware of the fact that this was made for an audience which was more maybe technically inclined, only because they already had the, their device, so they they had an idea what they were working with. Sure. Um, sure. Anyway, uh, we just talked about the pure scalar. So you just sit in the or lie in the scalar field. And then you're... Okay, your that's, that's important. In other words, you're between the transmitter and the receiver. Okay, yes. I, Okay. thank you. I didn't even know that. That was very important. Thank you. And But there's also a remote mode, which I'll, uh, I'll go over in a minute. 
But this is the direct mode. You just go directly and physically sit or lie between the transmitter and receiver, and you let the scalar field do its magic. Then you have what is called the molecular scalar. And with that, you can apply a substance that you want incorporated in the field on the receiver. Now, what that does is this is incorporate, will be incorporated as scalar information. It's not a physical thing. But people have reported results, and that's an important thing to say because uh, when people look at these devices, they might think we're crazy. But go and look at the testimonials. Go and look at what people say because so many people have reported effects on this. They can't be ignored. Uh, you place the substance that you want incorporated in the field on the receiver, and then you sit or lie in between the transmitter and the receiver. And then that substance will work through the scalar field with you. It's the same as ingesting it or using it. You can, you can put a vial of essential oil, for instance, and you'll feel its effects without physically touching it. Um, what you can use, and I, I often use, you can place a crystal. I like crystals, as I've shown. You can place uh, an amethyst or whatever choice you have for crystals, and they will be, their effect will be felt in the scalar field. Now, the third mode that I've already talked about is the RIF or the frequency scaler. And after you switch on and tune the device, you can run programs with frequencies as desired. And uh, an, an interesting thing to say is for people that uh, are more technical in nature is that because the scalar waves are longitudinal, you cannot apply a frequency directly to the field because it's static. It will not oscillate. But what you can do is to use modulation. And modulation means that uh, the, this is the equivalent of switching the device on and off. For instance, if I want to apply the frequency of 50 hertz to the scalar field, what will happen is that the device will work in such a way that the, the field will be switched off and on 50 times within a second. That's the way to apply a frequency to a static field. But the point is that you will be able to use frequency therapy with the scalar field. Now, if you want to take full advantage of, this, of the scalar field, time-wise, if you have an exposure, for instance, of half an hour in the scalar field, if you enjoy the pure scalar, you're getting the benefit of the field, right? Now, if you apply frequencies to it, what happens is, is because the, the field will switch on and off, then you actually have less time that you'll be exposed to the scalar field. So you will have a frequency applied to your body. On the other hand, you'll have less exposure. It's actually half of the time or maybe even less. So in, in 30 minutes, you'll only have exposure of 15 minutes to the scalar field or maybe even less. However, you'll have the frequency or frequencies applied. And that's something that you can choose either the frequency I mean, you'll have the scalar field anyway, but you'll have more of it in the pure form. That's, I think, important to say. Now, there are, for people who are interested in this device, there are many tutorials that you can have a look. They show step-by-step they show step how to connect hardware, how to 
plug-in cables, which one goes in first, and so on and so forth. I, I won't go into all of these because um, my presentation is a bit more general. Now, um, a few words about um, this add-on that's called Scalar Harmony. This is actually a speaker that fits to the receiver coil and which enables us to incorporate the frequencies of sound and music in the scalar field. After you fit this on the receiver, you can connect it with a cable to a music source, source such as your smartphone or an MP3 player. Now you won't hear the music very loud, at least I, I didn't, but um, you can still relax and enjoy its effect. And this is another way of incorporating frequencies in the scalar field. I sometimes do use relaxing music tracks that have the frequency of the 40 hertz sound in the background. This has been reported to show an improvement in relaxation, both of the body and of the brain. Now, the uh, nice thing about this add-on is that you can also add a vial of essential oil. There's still a room for it. And then you'll incorporate that too in the scalar field. So you can incorporate several things in the, set, in the scalar field that adds to the effect that you want to get. On the software aspects, how to load and run programs, I, I won't go into all the details, but um, in order to be able to run frequencies with the device, you will use the software that comes with it. And you need to load programs and to run them. Oh, I had some little demos on showing how to use what is called a dedicated preset and then a shell empty preset that I think is besides the point for this presentation. But it's good to know that you have a variety. As I was saying, you have more than 40,000 programs to choose from. Now, an interesting thing that you can do with this scalar device is the remote mode. And I'll talk about the direct versus remote mode of the scalar. The direct mode is to have a person or maybe more than one person um, inside the scalar field physically. Now, there is such a thing that's called a remote mode, and that works by placing the DNA, and I'm using nails, of the person you wish to treat on the transmitter coil or inside the field. I'm showing here where you can place it on the transmitter coil because below this is supposed to be a coil. That's what we've been told. And this is the best place. There's a circle depicted. This is a sticker that has nails in it from a person. You place that on the transmitter, and then they will enjoy the effects of the scalar field. I, that might be even more mind-blowing than what I've told so far. But this is not new. Funny thing is... <laughs> People have tried this even before they introduced this device on the market. And they have something else that's called a remote. So again, they're not the scaler, but a small device that's called remote that you connect to the signal generator. And you place 
the DNA, the nails of the person in it, then so you load it. Should a person, this is like cutting some clippings, like nail clippings? Nail clippings, yes. Okay, so, and that's because the, the if it can be fingernails or, or uh, toenails. Yes. Whatever the choice is. And that's that's related to the body in what way? Just so that the average person gets it. Yeah, I was about to say that. And that works because actually people have tried that. And in the beginning, they couldn't believe that it was working. And then they had to think about why that works. And what they found was that there's already a theory that explains it. It's called the quantum entanglement. Oh, yeah. So in, in quantum mechanics, it's shown that at the level of uh, subatomic particles or even smaller particles, if you have two of those particles that are quantum entangled, that used to, to be part of the same system, and if you separate those particles and then you change something in a particle, either the speed or maybe the spin, one of the one of its properties, then that change will transfer instantaneously to the other particle, regardless of the distance between the two particles. That's something that was very difficult to understand and believe. And this happened about 100 years ago. And this is what baffled Albert Einstein and he called this interaction spooky action at a distance. Now that's where the name where the name spooky comes from from this company. Mm-hmm. Because they they are using this to explain how one of their devices work. Now the nice thing to know about this remote, because they started some years ago, I think ten years ago, maybe more, with a remote was that it was working. You were running programs on the nail, and because the nail has your DNA, that's the important part. The DNA acts as a transmitter and receiver antenna, and the one in the nails is quantum entangled with the rest of your body. And that's why when you're applying frequencies to it, then the effects will transfer to your person, which can be hundreds of miles away, maybe Mm -hmm. even longer. Now, I'm not, um, for me, it wasn't that difficult to believe because apart from the quantum entanglement with which I was a little bit familiar, I'm also a Reiki master. And Reiki works that way. It works through quantum entanglement and it works. They say that you can establish a connection and you can do a Reiki session with a person that's on the moon or maybe even further than that because it doesn't matter what the distance is. Now, it appears that the same is valid for the scalar field and the interaction that I was talking about. Now, the remote has a very small scalar field that's generated. And this is where it's familiar with the big scalar device. Now, the difference between the two is the intensity of the field, which is much stronger when you're using the scalar device. Now, what I also tried was to do a scalar session, or actually more than one, 
with the picture of the person in the field, in between the boxes. And I connected the picture with the person using Reiki. And it worked. It seemed to work the same way. I'm describing my personal experience here. It's not something that the company recommends. They say we should be using uh, nail clippings or actual DNA from the person. Now let's talk a little bit about imprinting. Imprinting means that you can use frequencies to imprint water, stickers and holographic bracelets, as well as crystals with the scalar or with other frequency devices. That means that the frequency you work with will be imprinted on the medium of your choice. How that works is you place the object that you want imprinted either in between the boxes or on the transmitter coil the same way I showed previously how to do a remote session because that's where the, the field is emitted at the transmitter. That's where you get the effect of the field. Up to one hour is sufficient to imprint one frequency, either the pure scalar field or one frequency of your choice. For instance, uh, a very popular frequency to imprint is 528 hertz. Now, when you're using a larger set of frequencies, or if you want longer lasting effects, I leave it overnight and you can leave the device on overnight and it will do its job. All right, so let's let's discuss quickly, if we can, uh, tell people why 528. Why 528? That's, that's an example, but just what 528 supposedly does. Uh, the 528 hertz is what is called the sulfagio frequency. And um, it, people say that it helps with um, restoring or repairing DNA, and it has beneficial effects on your health. But it's, it's an example. It's, it's quite popular. Many people that do imprinting use this frequency. Um, you can find water that's imprinted. You can find many things that, that say that they are imprinted. And um, a way that we know works is this. Now, what people, I, I don't have the images here because this presentation wasn't meant for imprinting. But uh, people have experimented with um, imprinting frequencies on stickers, on holographic stickers. And what they do is they use the frequency to imprint and then they stick the sticker on a glass of water and then they uh, put it in the freezer and they freeze it. And they freeze a glass of water with the sticker and one without the sticker, and then they look at the difference. And what you see is consistently, because there's more than one people that has tried this, you see uh, that the glass of water that's, that doesn't have any frequencies or any stickers on it, it, it looks amorphous when it's frozen. Now, the other one seems to show... Uh, field lines in it and that emanate from the bottom because they stick the, the sticker on the bottom. I haven't done this experience myself, but I've uh, seen several people that have done it. 
including people that are using this device. And um, this is one of the devices that you can use for imprinting. I think it's, uh, it's a very good device to do it. Now, briefly, we'll talk about the biofeedback scan because this is a function that's specific to these devices. Um, the biofeedback scan is a tool to find the pathogens that are evoking the strongest response in your body. And I'll explain <coughs> what this means. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> we have many microorganisms in our body. Many, many. If you, if you would have to weigh your body, I think um, maybe a third of the weight is made out of microorganisms. And, of course, they are not all pathogenic. Not all of them are doing harm to you. But when you are not feeling well, then that's usually a sign that one of these microorganisms is multiplying in an uncontrolled manner and provoking those symptoms. Now, when that happens, you can do a biofeedback scan. What that does is it applies or it sweeps through a bandwidth of different frequencies. And while it's doing that, it's recording the response of the body to that frequency. Now, the principle is, and I'll also now briefly explain what rifing is, because otherwise we won't be able to understand. Uh, the idea is that's been demonstrated by Royal Raymond Reif about 100 years ago, I'll, I'll just say it briefly, is that um, microorganisms have uh, what is called a resonant, or resonant frequency, also called a mortal frequency. That's a frequency with which you can kill the specific pathogen or microorganism. When that microorganism dies, then toxins are eliminated from it. And your body will feel that and will respond to it. That is called biofeedback. And so what the biofeedback scan does is it's trying a lot of different frequencies and checking how the body reacts to the application of that frequency. And that's because when the one microorganism is hit with a specific frequency, it will react, and then the body will react to that in turn. That will be recorded. And when you are finished with a biofeedback scan, then you get a list of frequencies which are evoking the strongest response in your body to those frequencies. Okay, now... As we probably know, not all microorganisms are pathogenic, and therefore caution should be used with the biofeedback scan. What I'm trying to say is, um, don't if you can do this biofeedback scan, you shouldn't be doing all day long and killing all day long because you actually need some of the microorganisms within you. I tend, I do tend to use it when there are symptoms that I can relate to something, symptoms of cold or flu or diarrhea, sore throat, fever, etc. 
Now the biofeedback scan uses what is called a scalar digitizer, this small thing here. And the therefore shortens the scan time uh, on a previous version, or if you do the biofeedback scan another way, it takes approximately an hour. With this device, it takes about 16 minutes. And um, it's actually from the devices that I'm using, it's my preferred method to do the biofeedback scans because for one thing, it, you're sure it includes the whole body and it doesn't take that long. And if it's applied uh, with care, it can, uh, it can yield spectacular effects. I, I use it for a family member who uh, was having cold or flu symptoms and they became symptom free in only two hours after running the frequency. That was uh, something that convinced both of us of the effectiveness of this device. Now a few words about my personal experience with the Scalar. Scalar was the first uh, device uh, from this company that I have bought and it's still my favorite. And that was because uh, as a Reiki master, I can feel both human energy and, and crystal energy. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that I could feel the scalar energy as well when I switched on the device. It feels differently from both human energy and crystal energy. For me, it felt soothing and calming, and it felt as a pleasant pulling sensation around my head and my body. And that's why I, I mean, not, that's not the only reason, but that's definitely one of the reasons why I believe it's there and it works. I have used the device in all three modes as the pure scalar field in molecular mode and with many different programs. I do use it in remote sessions and I use Reiki symbols in it to link the person with their DNA sample or with their picture. And I feel that Reiki, crystals and scalar energy are complementary modalities. Oh, this was my presentation. And then let's talk a little bit about related things, I think. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow, that's very, very, very good. I, I know that it was technical. And on the other side of it, uh, my feeling is that if a person is really ill and they've tried all of the allopathic modalities that are available and nothing has worked, um, this is definitely worth looking into. That's how I look at it. And no, that's not a question, but <laughs> it's... <laughs> no, and it's, actually, that's, that's the same way that it worked for me. Uh, I also had some uh, health issues that couldn't be helped by mainstream medicine, and that's when I started looking further. And uh, this was definitely something that I found that worked for me. Then I started to uh, try it with uh, family members, friends, and then to other people, and um, it seems to be doing a good job. Now, again, I need to say this. Um, these are great devices, uh, but you still have to meet them halfway. You, uh, if you only rely on this device 
you switch it on and then you forget about it. I think it won't do, it won't work at its full potential. You need to, to meet them halfway because they'll do their job, but you need to do yours as well. You have to work with the device. And that's when it will do its magic. You need to uh, try and connect with it when you're getting a treatment. Uh, you need to relax. Imagine that you're working with a device and feel it helping you return to full health. And if you imagine yourself in health, then I think you will enable these devices to bring you into that state of balance where the body will heal itself. Because I think actually, ultimately, all healing is self-healing. You know, it's, it's interesting because when you brought up entanglement, you're probably not used to someone knowing <laughs> what it is. But uh, we, I have, I said we, I include myself with the people who are viewers. Um, there have been many times that we've talked about entanglement in the last uh, six months or so. And um, for those people who are not used to the, the term, um, I guess we could just take this one step farther, further, <laughs> I'll, I'll look that up later. And um, the, the the issue with entanglement is that if a person believes that nothing is connected, then that's one issue that they deal with. But if a person can open up their mind or open up the possibility that the entire nature and we are part of nature, is teeming with consciousness, not as a word to just drop, but that everything knows what everything else is doing. I hate to use the word knows, but I'll use that because it's a good word to use. It's, it's an English word. It's fine. The point is, if everything does know what everything is thinking and doing, then it's not so hard to conceive of the idea that when you are part of it, that meeting this device halfway should be easy to do. I'll say one thing, and that is that while I never say anything negative about uh, the allopathic uh, community, what I don't like sometimes is that it has made people less able to be part of the healing process. People have been bought, uh, taught that you just lay back, be quiet, and, 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 and you're not participating. You're never asked to participate. The doctor doesn't even suggest the idea. That's where I have a little bit of a problem with, with the allopathic areas. And that's why I like what we talked about today. It might have been a little technical, but I think it was necessary, and I, and I think it's good. Everybody needs to start understanding that, yes, your computer works a certain way and you don't need to know a lot about it, but you do have, you do have to know how to open up the app or whatever you want to call it. You do have to know how to turn the computer on and off. You do have to update the computer when it asks to be updated. So there's a certain amount of information that you're required to do in order to have it work. And as long as you do your part and it does its part, everybody's at least able to use it. But if you took the same 
um, uh, premise that you sit back and it goes by itself, the computer would not work. I'm getting off my uh, <laughs> my my soapbox now, but I just want to. I mean, this idea of interaction—you actually interact with everything in life, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, it's just the way life works. And um, I think we still maybe wanted to talk a little bit about the other devices that are related to this one because uh, this presentation only covered the scaler. Now, the, the other devices, can I say a few words? Absolutely. Please do. Thank you. Um, the other devices still work with frequencies, which is applied in a different way. Uh, you mentioned the uh, PEMF coil. That's uh, a device which is actually a coil that's uh, emitting electromagnetic pulses. The PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field. And what it means is that it emits these pulses with the frequency that the computer tells it to. Because what you always have in these devices, you have the computer that controls the software. And the software is connected to what is called a, a signal generator, or generator for short. And the generator applies the frequencies to a device, which can be the scalar device that we just talked about. It can be this PMF coil. It can be what is uh, called the coal laser, which is a device that emits uh, a laser beam of a certain wavelength, which will oscillate with a with the frequency that you want to apply, and the same is used for the remote action. So all of these are frequency therapy devices. The scalar field has an extra, which is the scalar field itself. Well, does that uh, have we pretty much wrapped up the uh, what you've wanted to talk about today and what you feel like is important to everybody who hopefully listened right here to the end? Yes, I hope so too. And we've already mentioned Dr. Royal Rye, but I think we should maybe say a few more words because he's the pioneer of what is called today rifing. And until not so long ago, I didn't know anything about it. They definitely don't teach it in medical school or anywhere in the academic world of medicine nowadays. And the irony is that he was a doctor, actually. And he lived... Uh, a hundred years ago, he did his research and his findings in the 1920s. And what he did was he uh, invented a special microscope, which is called the right microscope or the um, polarized light microscope or the black background microscope, which had a very high resolution. It could go very very in-depth and show very small things. Now, that's one advantage. The other advantage, which was even more important, is that it was showing live microorganisms. Unlike the stainings that we do nowadays that kill everything that you are staining, he was looking at the, the alive microorganisms. And the other thing that he invented was the plasma bulb which actually I forgot to mention today. It's also made by this company. It's also called Plasma. Uh, it's a device that emits a special light, and you can apply frequencies to it. 
and maybe you can share the the photograph that we looked at, which is a very nice original photograph showing Raymond Reif with his invention. So this looks like a, it doesn't look very impressive nowadays, but you have to think about what they were doing. They were they were making history there. Uh, this is the device that emits a special light. And uh, he was uh, uh, trying out different frequencies applied to this light. And that's when he discovered that what we were talking about earlier, that looking at the microorganisms and trying different frequencies, he found out that actually what he found out first was then he reached the so-called uh, resonant frequency. Uh, he noticed that the microorganisms seemed to be illuminated from the inside. And so the, the light that was emitted by this device was somehow amplified inside the microorganism. Now, if you keep that frequency for a longer time, this resonant frequency will disintegrate the microorganism and it will die. And uh, he, by trial and error, he found out that the amount of time to achieve this was three minutes. And uh, this is what everything that's calling, called rifing nowadays is based on. He started making a database with different frequencies for different microorganisms and describing them. And this is a, a, a long discussion by itself if you want to go into uh, the life of Dr. Raymond Reif and what he did. But correlating his findings, finding out exactly what microorganisms he was looking at and what frequency killed it is what uh, made the whole field of rifing. The rifing means uh, having frequencies that will kill microorganisms that uh, are pathogenic. So if you have a disease that's called or associated with a microorganism, because it can be a very large spectrum of disease that's, that enters that category, you can destroy the microorganisms using these frequencies. And then the symptoms go away. We are out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are, yes. You have been uh, an excellent guest. Um, I really appreciate all that you put into uh, this uh, interview. And I look forward to, I don't know if you do or not, <laughs> I would look forward to perhaps doing something like this again. Uh, it's been a real pleasure having you on. Um, I can't say yeah. enough. If you have something that you want to say, some last few words, feel free. Uh, thank you. Um, just that I think uh, people should find out about these devices. They should be introduced to frequency therapy because it's a very promising field. It's, uh, it's little known, but I think it will play an increasing role in the future. 
And thank you very much for your invitation, Bruce. I really appreciate it. And I do hope that we'll be able to have another show again and maybe talk a little bit more about these things. I really do appreciate the fact that you watch and listen to the Timeless Voyager series podcast. Uh, It's on video players like YouTube and audio players like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. One thing that you can do to support the growth of the Timeless Voyager series is to hit that like button, uh, share, comment, and please subscribe. You know, it really helps to keep the podcast on the Internet so that I can keep producing content like this program, the one you just watched or perhaps listened to. Also, uh, these are very important uh, uh, actions because they trigger algorithms that help grow the Timeless Voyager channel. Uh, Most importantly, there is no obligation and the actions are free. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.
You 